When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. Monday Night Football, midway through the second quarter. Seahawks, 7-3 lead over Russell Wilson and the Denver Broncos. That's going to take some getting used to still, the whole Russell Wilson thing. Uh, Of particular interest to Jet fans, worth mentioning, Jamal Adams, who the Jets and Joe Douglas got not one but two first-round picks for in a trade and uh, certainly is not... Paid dividends yet for Seattle. Uh, missed a good portion of last season due to injuries, of course. That's why that second first-round pick was in the top ten for the Jets, and they used it on Garrett Wilson last spring. Well, Jamal Adams limped off the field and is now being carted back to the Seattle Seahawks locker room due to a knee injury. And remember, Seattle already paid Jamal Adams and gave him his big new contract at the safety position. So you don't want to wish injury on anybody. You don't want to see anybody getting hurt. But that is a trade that is paid handsomely for the New York Jets and for Joe Douglas and company for what they were able to get for a safety. A safety, if you can believe it there. Um, Let's go around the league and go around the NFL for this week number one in the National Football League. And we'll start it at the 1 o'clock games yesterday in what was really a surreal scene at Soldier Field in Chicago between the Bears and the 49ers, if you guys saw it there. I mean, the game, like we're in the, in, in the club at MetLife Stadium doing the pregame show with the Jets yesterday. And as I said, we have some TVs that are in the club there and mounted up high on the wall. So I'm like trying to, you know, you get a peek, you don't get like a clear view or whatever, but they had the NFL network on and when they were doing like the whip around and they were going to the different sites and the different stadiums and what, every time they went to Chicago, it, it looked like Noah's Ark for crying out loud. And you know, that's, that's football. Sometimes you get those. That's the elements. That's, that's nothing wrong with that, but it just makes it hell on what you're trying to do game plan wise for that afternoon and I guess it took its toll on the San Francisco 49ers because they just could not operate that offense yesterday and the Bears who are a bad football team I mean Chicago is going to be dreadful this season make no mistake about it but they find a way to win 19 to 10 uh in a monsoon and San Francisco remember all the hype and all the storyline the offseason was about the quarterback situation right Trey Lance is the guy now who's taken over Jimmy G you thought he wasn't coming back then he is coming back Trey Lance played bad yesterday, but, you know, he's going to have a built-in excuse in the fact that it was a quagmire, and you can't really expect a quarterback to go out there and play to his potential and to throw the ball the way he wants to and to move the offense when you have those type of elements there. I mean, the bad look was Debo Samuel fumbling the ball there late in the game at the five-yard line. I mean, Debo, remember, they gave him the bag during the offseason, but I guess he left it before he got into the end zone because he failed to capitalize and unfortunately for the 49ers, it ended up cost them. You know, the defense couldn't hold the lead. This is a team whose defense is supposed to be, you know, one of the better units in the NFL. And they let a Justin Fields-led Bears team come back and get them three touchdowns, three possessions in the second half for that Chicago Bears team. So a bad look by the Niners there on defense. Look, I, I still think the Bears are going to be bad, but 
for one game at least, the elements were the equalizer for the Bears and the 49ers, and the home team is able to get themselves a victory. Down in Atlanta, NFC South showdown. How about the Saints coming from behind? 27-26, they beat the Falcons. Atlanta, it wasn't quite 28-3, wasn't quite Super Bowl bad, but 12 minutes left in the game, you got a 26-10 lead. You should be able to take care of business if you're the Falcons. That is a bad loss. It is a division game. I know a lot is not expected from the Falcons this year, but that is a dreadful, dreadful defeat. Jameis Winston threw for over 200 yards in the fourth quarter alone. He had 56 yards in the first three quarters, but his team walks out of there a winner. I think the Saints are going to be good this year. I don't love Jameis. I don't love Dennis Allen as a head coach, but that team is talented, man. From top to bottom, that is a good roster. And so I picked them to win the South. They get a victory barely yesterday in Atlanta. A game that knocked several people out of pools yesterday, myself included. How about the Indianapolis Colts tying the Houston Texans at 20-all? How about this? And I wish I would have known this before investing a choice in them. Nine years in a row, the Indianapolis Colts winless in week one. Nine straight seasons, the Colts have not tasted victory in week number one. That is incredible to me. Two trips inside the 25-yard line for them yield no points. Ryan threw an INT. They also turned it over on downs. And then Rodrigo Blankenship, the kicker. You want to talk about kickers? This is a guy who had a 42-yarder in overtime to win the game for the Colts. Would have given them that elusive week one win. Shanks the kick. Houston then takes over, and Lovey Smith punts the ball away a little bit later on there he's like ah forget it we don't need a chance to win we'll take the tie instead but Houston blew a 20 to 3 lead in the fourth quarter OJ Howard had a couple of touchdowns in his first game as a Houston Texan so good for the former Alabama Crimson Tide and OJ Howard was a guy who was on you know who was available and a guy maybe the Giants could have taken a shot at but when you have no salary cap space thanks to your former GM that's how an OJ Howard ends up with a team like the Houston Texans Washington the Commanders, first win in Commanders franchise history, 28-22 to over the Jaguars. Carson Wentz, two touchdown passes in the final 10 minutes for Washington. He also threw a pick in the fourth quarter. And, you know, Jacksonville, best thing he could say is it's not Urban Meyer anymore. It's Doug Peterson, and they're still going to take their lumps. They still got a lot of work to do, as we know. But there's a lot of mess to clean up as well. And so good job by Washington. I think both of these teams are going to have a long season. One of the wildest games that we saw yesterday in Cincinnati. We're sitting there in the press box yesterday at MetLife Stadium, and we hear all the scuttlebutt around us from the other folks there who were keeping track of the other games, and it was Burrow interception, Burrow two, in a, two INTs, Burrow three INTs, Joe Burrow, four interceptions, was sacked seven times yesterday behind what was supposed to be an improved offensive line. Remember, the offensive line, by, by smoke and mirrors, they were able to get that thing to the Super Bowl last year. No better this season. Clark Harris, who's their long snapper. You say, who the hell's Clark Harris? He's the Bengals' long snapper. He's been there for almost 20 years, former Rutgers Scarlet Knight. He suffers an injury in that game yesterday. They're unable to execute any snaps and kicks or things like that late in the game. It betrays them. You have clanked kicks late in regulation, blocked PATs that force overtime with two seconds left, a wild, wild game. Steelers, though, they force five turnovers, Four INTs of Burrow. However, win the battle, lose the war potentially if you're Pittsburgh. T. 
TJ Watt sounds like he's got a serious pec injury. He's going for second opinions, third opinions. I mean, he could keep going for opinions, but it doesn't sound like it's going to get any better. And Najee Harris, the running back, also injured in that game. So Pittsburgh wins, but could be a little bit diminished moving forward here in the season. Team the Jets are going to see next week. The Cleveland Browns, they go into Carolina. They beat their old buddy Baker Mayfield 26-24. They needed a Cade York 58-yard field goal at the gun to make it happen. And Cleveland just grinded this one out on the ground. They ran for over 200 yards. Nick Chubb had himself a monster afternoon. Baker Mayfield was sacked four times fumbled the ball four times but he recovered each and every one of them so it wasn't too costly pick the eagles to win the nfc east what you saw yesterday at least in my opinion isn't going to really do anything to change that as far as i am concerned philadelphia puts up 38 points yesterday on the lions i know that detroit got a little bit closer they fought back they were down 31 to 14 all right you want to say it's a moral victory for uh, dan campbell and the hard knocks guys not in my book, but Philadelphia, good luck dealing with that offense this year. A.J. Brown, the newly acquired wide receiver they got from Tennessee, was huge. They rolled up 450 yards of offense, uh, ran for over 200 yards on the ground. Jalen Hurts and Miles Sanders were both doing it with their legs. And they do all that offensively. And Devontae Smith, Heisman Trophy winner, first-round pick last year, didn't even have a catch. Didn't even have a catch, so that could bode well for Philly fans as you move forward throughout the season. Down in Miami, we told you the Patriots weren't all that this year, right? How about the Dolphins? 20-7 to over the Pats, and you know what? That game was not even as close as the final score would indicate. Miami kicked their you-know-whats in that football game. Defense, defense forcing three turnovers. They were in charge of that game. Tua Tungavailoa, how about this? Tua's 4-0 now against the Patriots in his young career. And the Patriots, we are who they thought they were. This is who they are, folks. They're not that talented. And Bill Belichick is probably going to have to orchestrate maybe the single greatest, single greatest coaching job of his career if this team is going to have a successful season and even get to the playoffs. Because the roster is not that good. If you take away New England Patriots from the title and you take away Bill Belichick as the head coach, if I just gave you that 53-man roster and said, how many games do you think that's going to win? You would not be impressed at all. It's the least talented roster in the AFC East. And I'm sorry, as great a coach as Belichick is, you're going to need more than that. You're going to need more than that. Let's hear from Mike McDaniel. He's the Dolphins' head coach. First game as a head coach. He gets a victory yesterday on the Dolphins celebrating their win. McDaniels, oh, he's going to need a wheelbarrow, man, for his to carry around, man. He got a lot of. It was a very, very cool moment against my wishes. They just showered me in Gatorade and made it about me, which I know for a fact it's not. But, you know, the team celebrating together and just being happy for the direction that we're going in. Um, that's why you get into team sports. I can also tell it was a good excitement and celebration because it wasn't like a satisfied celebration. They were happy that we got it done. I think a lot of guys feel like we, the Miami Dolphins fan base and the organization deserve to win. The first cut you heard there was Tyreek Hill, who, you know, you heard it bleeped out a little bit. He said um, Mike McDaniels needs a wheelbarrow for his blank. 
you know, given the, you know, the, the, the confidence that he has and the chances he took in that game. Tyreek with a little colorful language here. Nothing wrong with that. They were excited. They won the game. Um, but here's Mike Reese. He, of course, covers the Patriots for us here at ESPN. He appeared on game night. Why did the Patriots lose this game, Mike? So two points to this. I would say definitely uncharacteristic, and that is not Patriot football, right? It's the old saying, before you can learn to win games, you have to learn how not to lose games. Right. And the Patriots had, they had three turnovers, and they also didn't convert a fourth down on offense, which you could almost argue is a fourth turnover. You, you can't expect to go on the road and win when you do that. The one thing I would say is I didn't really think it had much to do with, like, being down in Florida. To me, that was, like, more about conditioning and getting used to the elements. And I actually I, – I didn't, I didn't think they got – they looked tired or fatigued in any way. I, I just think they didn't execute some sort of pure core fundamentals. Translation, they're not that good. The Patriots are not that good. Trust me. I wouldn't lie to you guys. You know, I, I really wouldn't. That's not what I'm here for. Like a lot of other people, I'm not going to lie to you guys. Patriots are going to be in fourth this year. They are going to struggle. And the Dolphins are a better team than them on paper, and they showed it yesterday. And I know that the Patriots have had a rough time down in Miami over the years, even when they were really good, and even when they had that guy Brady as their quarterback. But yesterday, I think, was a glimpse of what you're going to see for the next 16 weeks. I'm sorry. And now Mac Jones went for x-rays yesterday on his back. Wasn't made available to the media after the game. He said today that he was doing better. He feels fine. He popped a couple of Advil or whatnot, but... It's another guy I'm not sold on. When we come back, we'll take more of your calls, 800-919-3776. We'll also finish up our look at week one in the NFL, an impressive performance by KC. Aaron Rodgers unable to get anything going with the Packers. And how about the disaster in Big D with the Cowboys? Dan Grasso Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. This podcast is proud to be supported by Jets Pizza, the number one pick in Detroit-style pizza. Why? It's simple. Jets is better. With the thickest, crispiest, cheesiest Detroit-style pizza in the country, there's no competition. Right now, get $5 off any eight-corner pizza with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Go to JetsPizza.com to learn more and find a location near you. Again, try Jet's signature eight-corner pizza and get $5 off with code 8SAVE. That's the number eight, S-A-V-E. Jet's Pizza. Better because it has to be. Hi, it's Mike Greenberg letting you know ESPN Bet is ready to take you through all the biggest sports moments this spring. The official sportsbook of ESPN has exclusive offers and markets from Scott Van Pelt, Stephen A. Smith, and me, plus many more. From the playoff intensity to finally getting out to the ballpark, there's no better time for sports fans. Sign up today. New users get a bet reset up to $1,000 in bonus bets if your first bet doesn't win. Download ESPN Bet today. What a play. Must be 21 plus and present in select states. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. See app for details. 800-919-3776. That is the telephone number here on the program. 
Let's finish up the week one whip around here. Going around the league, mentioned Kansas City. They annihilate the Arizona Cardinals. I don't love the Cardinals. You guys know that. I am not a believer in Cliff Kingsbury. Kyler Murray, there's always some drama and stuff going on with him, whether he needs to watch film, whether he doesn't want to watch film, whether he deletes his Instagram, whether I, I just I can't. You know what I mean? I, I, I can't take it with them. They're choke artists. They collapse down the stretch at the end of the season. What I wasn't expecting, though, was for them to lay an egg in week number one, but wrong opponent, wrong game. Kansas City was an awful matchup for them. Arizona's dealing with the injury bug here a little bit. Remember, DeAndre Hopkins is out for six games to begin the season, who's their top playmaker at the wide receiver position. Everything conspired against them for Kansas City to go out there and play a big game. And you know that the Chiefs, probably have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder this year, do they not? Because just because Tyreek Hill is in Miami now, people are like riding Kansas City off. No way they can win. No way they can be successful. Patrick Mahomes is a bum. It's like, hello? Do you know that this guy is still maybe the best quarterback in the league? And they still have a ton of talent on this team? Mahomes already had, what, like four touchdown passes before halftime yesterday or something like that. He threw five overall. And Arizona... You know, rough day at the office for them. The good news for the Cardinals, at least for now, is that nobody else in their division won a game. San Francisco lost, the Rams lost, and Seattle, believe it or not, is winning right now 17-10 to 10 late in the first half against the Denver Broncos. Maybe that changes, but rough day if you're a Cardinal fan and a good day if you're a Chiefs fan. And you've been living a good life if you are a Chiefs fan. How about Patrick Mahomes? We mentioned him after the game. He asked if he wanted to prove some doubters wrong that Kansas City are still indeed contenders. Yeah, I mean, I always feel like I have something to prove. I mean, I'm, I'm just this guy from Texas Tech, man, that they said they couldn't play in the NFL. So uh, I always had that mindset of going out there and proving that, uh, that we're the Kansas City Chiefs and that we still have a, a chance to go out there and win the AFC Championship and then win the AFC West and, and win the Super Bowl. Why would you doubt this guy? You know what I'm saying? Like, I... I in all fairness, when we did our picks last week for the season, I didn't pick Kansas City to win the division. I picked them to finish second, and I did pick them as a wild card. As a matter of fact, I think I still had Kansas City going to the championship game and losing to Buffalo. But I think the Chargers win the division because I think Chargers' defense is better than Kansas City's. I think substantially, as a matter of fact. And that's going to be the difference. But Mahomes, oh my God. I mean, the guy is beyond great. Great is, is not an adequate enough word. Speaking of those Chargers, they get a win yesterday. They beat the Raiders 24-19. Justin Herbert, he did his thing. That's what you would expect. And that defense, which I just acknowledged, five sacks of Derek Carr. Khalil Mack had three. Remember Khalil Mack? Once upon a time, the Khalil Mack. And he's been kind of flying under the radar the last couple of years. Well, he proved yesterday in his first game as a Charger, you know what, not too bad. Had three sacks yesterday. They also picked off Derek Carr three times in that game. As far as the Raiders are concerned, Josh McDaniels now the head coach. Well, Devontae Adams had a really, really good game. Offensive line, though, eh, pretty iffy. Derek Carr, eh, iffy. And the defense did nothing. You could say that, well, you know, a lot of defenses are going to struggle this year against Herbert and the Chargers, but still, man, nothing. And the Raiders, you know, everybody wanted to crown the Raiders this year with all these big splashy moves they made. You know, they got Gruden out of there. They got this guy. They got that guy. Still got to go out there and win games. And that division in the AFC West is absolute murder. That's why I don't believe in the Raiders this year. It's not that they're going to be terrible. I pick them to finish last, but they're going to be challenged each and every time out. And that goes without saying there. How about Green Bay? 
Remember last year, Aaron Rodgers in week one, they went and played the Saints on the road. It wasn't down in the dome. It was, I can't remember, it was like a neutral site because New Orleans was dealing with stuff down there. It was another like hurricane or something like that in, in Louisiana. So they had to move the game to a neutral site, and the Saints just absolutely spanked the Packers. Like it was like 45 to 3 or something, like awful. And people were saying, oh, Aaron Rodgers, he spent the whole offseason in, you know, Peru or wherever the hell he was doing, and he didn't commit to football, and he was threatening to retire, and now he shows up, he plays a horrible game, and he just ended up winning an MVP, and, and all was right with the world. But, hey, you know what? I'm not sweating it too much for Green Bay, because it happened last year. The only difference is he's got a new cast of characters at wide receiver that he's going to have to deal with. You know, and those guys struggled yesterday, and that was a little bit of a doubt going into the year about the Packers, that, hey... These targets, maybe they aren't necessarily or they're going to take some time to get used to and build that rapport with the quarterback. Vikings, great start to the Kevin O'Connell era as the new head coach. Uh, Let me see them string some more wins together before I'm all in on that Vikings bandwagon. But as for Rodgers is concerned, how about the mistakes that you guys made during that game yesterday, Aaron? Well, there's some execution issues for sure that didn't allow us you know, the pick was a real dumb decision by me, but the play was was a good play, and we totally blocked the wrong. You know, we're supposed to block a certain way. Z came basically untouched, and the back had to block him. I had to roll to the left. I guess that was a fumble. Just stuff like that, where we have a down-the-field shot. If we just block it away, we know we're supposed to block it. There's going to be an opportunity to take a shot down the field. We don't. i got to move. I should throw it away. I don't. I fumble. Take the ball back. Get three points. So that's one example. There were probably three or four others. I mentioned those inexperienced wide receivers. And look, you know, you got your main target, Devontae Adams, of course, in Vegas now as a member of the Vegas Raiders. Uh, Christian Watson was a kid that they drafted in the, you know, in the early rounds this year in the draft from a small school. But, you know, these are one of them that you have to contend with. And by the way, one of the reasons why they have to say goodbye to Devontae Adams is because why? Aaron Rodgers wanted his money. Right, And you have to pay Aaron Rodgers. He's a quarterback. He's more important, but they couldn't afford both of them. And when you see how much money Adams got from the Raiders, you could certainly understand it. But no Alan Lazard who didn't play in that game. How about the inexperience, Aaron, when it comes to... Look, we got to have patience with those guys. They're young. You know, they haven't been in the fire. Now, that patience will be thinner as the season goes on, but the expectation will be high. So we'll keep them accountable, but it's going to happen. It's going to be drops. Hate to see it on the first play, but there's, it's a part of it. It's going to be drops throughout the season. They'll be fine. You know, if I can channel an old Aaron Rodgers line, R-E-L-A-X, relax, okay? Green Bay will be fine. He is a guy that as long as he is your quarterback, you have the utmost confidence in. And I guarantee you, next Sunday night, right? Is it Sunday night? Yeah. Next Sunday night, they're hosting the Bears on Sunday night football. Packers by 30. Okay? Write it down. Packers by 30. Unless the game is played in a blizzard, which I don't think is ever happening even in Green Bay in September, or in a monsoon, that's the only reason the the playing field was leveled for the Bears yesterday against the 49ers. Packers will roll over their rivals from Chicago in that one next Sunday night. The last game on the docket, we saved the best for last, right? Sunday night football. How about them Cowboys? They got nothing going on. And to add injury to insult, the game was over, and then Dak Prescott suffers an injury, jams his throwing hand, he's got a broken thumb, he's out six to eight weeks. In essence, you could probably kiss the Cowboys' season goodbye. 
right? If he, you're already 0-1, let's just say it's eight weeks. How many of those eight games you're winning with Cooper Rush as your quarterback? How many? Because they couldn't do anything last night even with Dak Prescott as the quarterback. I want to say they win one, they win two. All right, so then they're two and seven. Your season's over. Season's over. Tampa Bay dominated that game, even though it was only 19-3. to It might as well have been 59-3. to Leonard Fournette ran like a beast. You know, a little unusual seeing the Buccaneers struggle to the extent that they did in the red zone, not being able to finish off drives. That's uncharacteristic of Tom Brady. But what do the Cowboys do, right? Where do they go from here? Let's first hear from Jerry. Because you know what's great about the Cowboys? Like, Jerry goes in the locker room and holds court like no no other owner does in the NFL. And Jerry speaks to the media before even Mike McCarthy, the head coach, does. And by the way, he's on borrowed time right now. You know that. Um, it's just, it's, it's such a strange dynamic. <laughs> like you've got the owner in the locker room talking to the media, telling them that Dak Prescott got hurt before Mike McCarthy even takes the podium, which is usually a message that is delivered by the head coach. Let's hear from Jerry. Jerry, what happened to Dak? Dak to be out for a little while. We'll be dealing with that as well. So, uh, this was a, a really tough night for the Cowboys, but, uh, and, and a really, uh, a surprising night, but, uh, uh, of course, really add to it right there at the end to uh, lose him for several weeks. We'll see more about how long, how many weeks that may be. Feel bad for Dak. You do. You don't want to see anybody get hurt, and something as fluky as that. I know what happens to quarterbacks all the time, but especially the game was like over. You hate to see that happen then. But how about Dak on the disappointment towards his injury? Yeah, it's very disappointing, but injuries happen. Can't necessarily control it. Just unfortunate. Obviously going to miss some time, uh, not be there for my team. Uh, and that's what hurts more than more than anything, uh, especially after the start that we just put out there. Um, wanting to be able to respond and not necessarily having that opportunity for several weeks. Yeah, it's unfortunate, but I'll do what I've always done. Anytime adversity comes, take on it, take it on head first, uh, and it'll get my best. And I'm sure I'll come out of this thing better. Here's the Cowboys schedule. Bengals at home next week. You want to say Cooper Rush has his Mike White moment? Maybe. Then at the Giants, opportunity for the Giants. That's a Monday Night Football game, by the way, two weeks from tonight. Um, Home against Washington, not unbeatable. At the Rams, at the Eagles, home Lions, home Bears, at Green Bay, at Minnesota, home Giants on Thanksgiving. I mean, there's a few opportunities for wins there. However you got to remember who your quarterback is. I mean, if Cooper Rush can't move the ball, what good is it no matter who you're playing? That's it. I mean, no pun intended, that's a tough break. It's a tough break. It really and truly is. 800-919-3776. That's the telephone number. More of your phone calls coming up. And also, also, someone on national TV throwing even more shade at the New York Jets after that performance yesterday. I hope Robert Sala is tracking this latest receipt. We'll tell you what that is. Dan Grosser Show, 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grosser Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the Launch Your Online Shop stage to the First Real Life Store stage, all the way to the Did We Just Hit a Million Orders stage, Shopify's there to help you grow. 
Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contact's award-winning marketing platform has helped millions of small businesses stand out, stay top of mind, and see big results. Fast. Constant Contact makes it easy to promote your business with powerful tools like email and SMS marketing, social media posting, and even events management. With Constant Contact, you'll reach new audiences, grow your customer list, and communicate more effectively to sell more, raise more, and fast-track growth. Don't know much about marketing? No sweat. Constant Contact's writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contact's best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contact's expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact, helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com. You know, they have the wildly popular Manning casts on Monday Night Football as an alternate to the Joe Buck, Troy Aikman booth, which obviously we're doing the show here. Don't get a chance to experience it fully tonight, but I'll go back and watch it. So Peyton tonight, I guess at some point in the first half of this game, while dissecting the Broncos Seahawks affair and breaking down what's happening, couldn't help but join in on the act of throwing shade on the New York Jets after their performance yesterday against the Baltimore Ravens. Take a listen to Peyton Manning. I hope they throw it 70 times tonight. <laughs> they will not throw it 70 times. Well, the I Jets agree. threw it 59 times, and that worked out well for them yesterday. <laughs> they, they look good. Wow, shots fired early. Coming they at, throw it 59 times Jets. in the opener. You can't throw it 59 times in the opener. You can't do it. With your backup illegal. quarterback? It's illegal? You can't do it. It's it, it yeah. guaranteed you're not going to win. I understand it's all for effect. And, you know, they're entertaining and they got a show to do and they're trying to get some laughs and some yucks and all that stuff. Maybe Peyton's bitter because the last game he ever played in a Colts uniform was a playoff loss to the Jets. Remember that? That seems like an alternate universe, but that did happen. That wild card game in 2010 when the Jets beat the Colts in Indianapolis on that Saturday night, Nick Falk kicked the walk-off field goal after that Antonio Cromartie kickoff return, which put him in good position. That was Peyton Manning's last ever game because it was during that offseason when he you know, had the neck problems and uh, you know, had to go for the surgeries and that thing, and then Peyton missed the entire 2011 season, and then the following year he was traded to Denver and then started up there in 2012. So, yeah, the last game Manning ever played as a Colt was that loss to the Jets in the playoffs. But come on, I mean, anybody who watched that game knows that the Jets only threw it 59 times because they were down by three scores in the fourth quarter of that game, and all you're doing is throwing the ball at that point. That's how the numbers got inflated. But yes, in a perfect world, you don't want to throw it 59 times, even if your quarterback is prime Peyton Manning. Let's say hi. Let's go back to the phones. Let's say hi to Jay in Rutherford. He is up next here on 98.7 ESPN. Jay, how are we doing tonight? I'm good, Dan. Good to hear you on here. Uh, you know, overreaction Monday, big giant fan, but let's get realistic here. I mean, you know, as happy as I am that, you know, they had a great game, great call and all that, you know, 
I don't want to be the wolf in uh, politician here, but let's all calm down and, you know, relax here. <laughs> we have a long way to go, right? I mean, seriously, right? I mean, I'm hearing callers. You, you know what I was getting at, right? I mean, yes, everybody's too overexcited, you know what I mean? But listen, hey, I prefer this than, you know, one in six and being done by October, right? But, I mean, there's still such a long way to go. Jay, you know, I, I, like you said, enjoy, enjoy it now. Enjoy it now because it goes without saying, like you said, how bad they've been the last few years. It got so bad. Now, granted, on Sundays, my obligation is to the Jets for the most part because, you know, it's, it's my job. That's what I have to do. But there, there were so many Sunday afternoons over the last couple of years involving the Giants where they were so irrelevant and just so completely unwatchable, not even a story, that there would be Sundays that would go by, and I wouldn't even think to find out if they were winning or losing. That's how off the radar the Giants were to me over the last couple of years at times. 100%. I agree with you 100%. I would take my, you know, soccer for my 7-year-old, or I'd pass out at like 3.15 and not care what happened. I'd wake up. Oh, we lost 27-3. to All right, well, just, you know, put it in the bin with the rest of the losses. So it, it's great. It's, a, it's great news. You know, you'd like to see the fight and everything, but I think we all need to calm down. This is, a, you know, a couple-year rebuild here. Right? You know, of course. I don't know if we're going to win 10 games this year, you know. So, but let's enjoy it. You know, it was great. You know, at least we didn't have to throw it 57 times. Exactly. <laughs> at least you didn't do that. Jay, thank you for the phone call. And, again, that's the bit. Look, you win a game in week one, you're not worrying about draft position in week one, guys. Right? You know, this isn't a situation where, like, the Knicks, for example, late in the season in March and April when they're dead and buried and not making the playoffs, but yet, you know, in the final three weeks of the season, they go and win, you know, let's say seven out of their last ten games and, and, and screw up their lottery position, for example, winning meaningless basketball games. No, this isn't that, right? This isn't even a football team going into December that's already eliminated, but yet they win, you know, three out of their last four and screw up their draft position. No, this is it's week one. Everybody's got a chance. Everybody's zero and zero. You don't know how good or how bad teams are going to be at this point. If you can win a game, you win a game. So now you're going into these games as a Giant fan wanting to win, expecting to win. And guess what? Sunday afternoon, for those of you that are going out to MetLife Stadium and you're going to tailgate, you're going to get there early, and you're going to wear your jerseys and everything, and you see Carolina on that schedule coming into that building, you're going to expect to win the game. You go into Tennessee and you beat the Titans who won a division the last two years up against the Panthers team, which you want to talk about a coach on borrowed time. How much longer is Matt Rule going to get down there? He's had three different quarterbacks in three years on the job. He's got a lot of say and a lot of influence in that organization, and they still haven't turned it around. You're thinking we could win this game. Jose is in Newark. He's up next here. Dan Gross' show, 98.7 ESPN. What's up, Jose? No overreaction, man. There needs to be a law. The law should be if you're wearing a jersey, if you're in a Jets jersey, you should be able to walk into any Walgreens or CVS and get free aspirin every Monday morning. <laughs> that, is not, that is not an overreaction. That should be law. I am telling you, I'm a Jets fan for 30 years, and I'm, it, it, that, it's not that you lose. It's not even that we lost, because I, I think we can agree that Baltimore is a better team. So yes. it's not that we lose. Hey, Jose, Jose, real yeah. quick. I said this so many times throughout the summer. Even if Zach Wilson was under center yesterday, that is a horrible team to be playing week one. 
Oh my God! Yeah, no. And you know what? Granted, but the consistent, the consistent shooting yourself in the foot in just about every way possible is what kills you. Miss field goals, even when the game's out of you know out of reach, you drop. You, you don't even have anything to build on next next for the next game. You drop. You drop a touchdown. You miss a point after kick. The best little run that we had, the best little um, offensive uh, run that we had, we, we, we fumble the ball. You got a guy that falls and we throw an interception. It's like throughout the entire game, it's like, okay, it's going to get better. And it doesn't. It's yeah. like it's the same thing you see it's Groundhog Day over and over again. And that's the frustration. It's not an overreaction. It can't be because it's the same thing we've seen for the last couple of years. It's like we just can't execute. And we just make these mental mistakes that you can't build any momentum on. And you just you just feel that hardball when it's a halftime and said what Jesus said about the Red Sox in his documentary. They're going to figure out a way to mess this up. It may seem close. The defense may be playing well. But they're going to figure out a way to get us what we need to get in order to lock this game in early. It is just unbelievably frustrating to see that game. I am one of the most optimistic Jets fans you will, you will find. But I will tell you, I watched that game and was so high at halftime to see a defense that seemed to be competent to just have a second half that way. Like, how do you, how do you, what do you take from that game into week two or prepare for week two and say, we can hang our hat on this and build off of this, which is what I was hoping that we could do, even if we don't win. And, and you got nothing, man. It was just an M thing, just a frustrating loss. And I don't think that's an overreaction. Well, it's, it, I just you know, think it's just reality. You know what, the, the, the Jose, thanks for the call, my man. Talk to you soon. The, the old saying about the complimentary football, all three phases, offense, defense, special teams, what would you get yesterday from the Jets? You didn't get anything on offense. You didn't get anything from your special teams. And the defense played good football, but they could only keep that Baltimore team and that quarterback down for so long, right? So you got maybe like almost one of the three, but that's not good enough. That might be good enough against the worst team in the league, but it ain't going to be good enough against a team that has playoff aspirations like the Baltimore Ravens do. We didn't get to the Robert Sala stuff. We'll, we'll, we'll play that for you when we come back. We'll also touch on the baseball here a little bit, squeezing a couple of more phone calls as well. Dan Grasso till 10 right here on 98.7 ESPN. This is the Dan Grasso Show on 98.7 ESPN. <laughs> Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. We all know breakfast is an important part of your day. But sometimes when you're traveling for business, you end up staying at a hotel that doesn't offer any. You know what happens? You grab a cup of coffee and skip the meal entirely. We've all been there. But if you book a room at La Quinta by Wyndham, you can enjoy their free bright side breakfast featuring delicious baked goods, fruit, eggs, yogurt, and waffles. And really, who doesn't want to start their day with a fresh, hot waffle? Tonight, La Quinta, tomorrow you shine. Book direct at LQ.com. Real quick, here's Robert Sala from earlier today on the Michael K. Show talking about, well, 
how the fans demand a little bit more when talking about this football team and how they want results. Forget about now. They want them yesterday. Take a listen. Every year, every game, when you lose in this league, it's the apocalypse. It's Armageddon, um, and uh, people just want to jump off a bridge for some reason. Uh, we're in the instant coffee age, mm-hmm. and that's and it's deserved. That's that's part of the part of the generation we've grown up in. That's that's part of what comes with the job, and especially in this market where there's eight million people uh, crammed in the one corner of the United States, it's going to get people are angry. There's there's no no space no space to breathe. But uh, at the same time, you know we we ignore we do our best to ignore the noise and keep the main thing the main thing, which is finding ways to produce and. Uh, and for all those people, just like I told our beat here about 15 minutes ago, for all those people who continue to talk and to continue to doubt, we're taking receipts. And I can't wait, and I'll speak for the entire organization, to shove it down everyone's throat when it comes around. Love it. Love it. We are taking receipts. Little inventory from Coach Sala. Love it. Let's hope that day comes sooner rather than later, please. You know? Turn this thing around. Um, on the baseball diamond, we haven't done a lot of baseball tonight because you know, it's a football Monday, right? Overreaction Monday. Mets in action tonight. Yankees are off. But the Mets right now trailing the Cubs at home 5-1. to one. They're in the bottom of the eighth, but they got the bases loaded and nobody out. And Mark Canna's at the plate. Canna just hit a grand slam over the weekend in Miami. And, you know, not the best start tonight from Chris Bassett. He's been real good of late, but he gave up a couple of home runs and was responsible for all five. Didn't even make it through four innings tonight. But this is one of these series, you know, three with the Cubs, and then he got four with the Pirates right after this at City Field. You want to be able to take care of business in these games. Remember what I said last week before they kicked off this stretch? It was three in Pittsburgh three in Miami, and then the seven we just talked about. Those 13 games, I said, at worst, they have to go nine and four. And so far, they're four and two. They took two out of three in Pittsburgh, two out of three in Miami. So all you got to do is, what, go five and two, win five out of these seven games against the Cubs and the Pirates? It's, It's absolutely feasible. Absolutely. But the problem tonight is you look at this pitching matchup and Canna just whiffs on a breaking ball. You were pitching up against. You were going up against a guy tonight in Assad, who's like making, you know, like his second or third start ever, and Bassett, who's been throwing the ball really, really well. So, like pitching matchup, this was clearly edge Mets tonight, and they weren't able to get it done. But you know, there's still some outs to work with, and they still have a chance with the bases loaded here in the eighth inning to see if they can engineer a little bit of a comeback. So, I'm sure we'll be breaking it down tomorrow when we return. Yankees, on the other hand. They took the night off after a real, real good weekend against the Tampa Bay Rays and taking two out of three. And more importantly, how about the offense? Putting 20 runs up on the board in the last couple of games and that one on Saturday where they chased Corey Kluber, their old buddy out of there, you know, in the first inning essentially. I mean, that's the stuff the dreams are made of if you're a Yankee fan. But now they go to Boston for two games and you can throw the records out the window. Okay, Yankees, Red Sox, it's something. And you got Cole going tomorrow night against Pavetta. And you know the adventures that Cole has had, of course, up at Fenway Park. And then Montas coming up on Wednesday. Those are two big games for the Bombers. Then they go to Milwaukee this weekend to take on the Brewers. Brandon Woodruff is pitching on Sunday. They don't have to face Corbin Burns, the reigning National League Cy Young winner. So that is fortuitous for the New York Yankees here. So two in Boston, three in Milwaukee. 
They got that lead in the division now, five and a half games after taking care of business against Tampa. Real or and it's Toronto, believe it or not. Now you know it's not even Tampa Bay. Toronto is the team that is the closest suitor because the Blue Jays have leapfrog Tampa Bay right now in that division. So that was a big victory that they had. Uh, which I'm gonna call it early this evening as Toronto beat the Rays three to two as they kick off a series between those AL East foes. So that's where we stand right now. Feeling at least a little bit better about the two baseball teams than we did maybe on Friday before we went into the weekend and the way those clubs were playing. So those are good things there and um, step in the right direction. See if it continues, of course, for those two teams.